Welcome to Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Lauren. And I'm Dr. Chris. We're two sex educators and research nerds who love talking about sex and relationships. This has been an online dating podcast where we overanalyze profiles and read between the pickup lines. However, in this episode, we're switching it up to take a step back and consider how we make sense of ourselves and relationships. And when we say relationships, we include sexual, romantic, platonic, and more. So before we even open the apps, let's get into the beautiful mess of human connection. Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us for season six of Before You Swipe. I'm Dr. Chris. And I'm Dr. Lauren. We are continuing our conversation from last season on Andy Nordgren's Nine Principles of Relationship Anarchy. And pretty much this season, we're continuing to see how relationship anarchy plays out in the real world. And today we're going to talk about talking. Uh, in other words, communication. Yeah, so Andy has a principle that's called change through communication. And it's, you know, one of the lines in it that I think is particularly important uh, says radical relationships must have conversation and communication at the heart not as a state of emergency only brought out to solve problems communicate in a context of trust right and there's a whole bunch more around that and we definitely mm -hmm. encourage folks to listen to the um the episode where we talk in depth about this um, communication piece and what i wanted to talk about today uh is when people don't want to communicate with you and so you know out in the world and in the last episode we referenced kitchen table polyamory and so just to acknowledge what that is and that as a model so that's folks coming together and very openly talking about the structures of their relationships how time is being spent sometimes it's actually the entire collection of people all meeting together and talking um but it's the idea that everything's on the table and we're actually having a very you know calm collected clear conversation about what's going on so like and a again, vision of a family or something sitting around and just talking at the like talking over dinner kind of idea is that what you're getting? yeah that okay. that's that's i think it's an easy easy reference point sure and I, you okay. know everyone's going to construct that in their own ways um but and obviously relationship anarchy and polyamory are not the same thing so we nope. want to be really careful about that um but so when we think about some of the extremes that can happen Right. So you've got on that on the one end, like really clear, regular, open, this radical, trusting communication. And on the other hand, you can have people who don't want to talk about it at all. And so I will just share briefly one of my examples of that. And then, uh, Chris, I'll invite you to share yours and also feel free sure. to ask me questions. So. So my example is a human that, you know, I'm currently seeing and when we got together, I was really clear. I am, you know, I used the language relationship anarchy. I talked about non-monogamy. I had partners in other parts of the country and all that stuff. So as far as I know, I was very clear and repeatedly I've made, uh, created opportunities for us to talk more. Like, do you have any questions? Here's how this is going. Here's how that is going. And consistently there's just no questions and no conversation, no seeming interest in having a conversation. And that's felt really confusing to me because it's like, mm -hmm. I don't really know what's going on. 
Yeah. And so figuring out how to cope with that and feel like I'm doing authentic relationship anarchy for my definition of what I want that to look like in my life. Yeah. So like when you say, do you have any questions? Does the person just say no? Or do they say like, oh, look, there's a pretty bird over there. Like, do they just like, I don't know. Like, Yeah. I love your distinction of avoidance versus just nothing to say. Yeah. No, it's more than nothing to say part, you know, like, so, so I'll say, you know, how are you feeling? Like when I'm gone and with someone else, I'll, I'll check in and say, how are you feeling about our level of communication? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and they're like, it's fine. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, and that's, I mean, so yeah, I mean, obviously communication is a two way street. And so you're asking, is the communication fine? And if the person is replying, yes, um, then you have to take them at their word that the communication's fine for them. I mean, I guess that doesn't mean it's fine for you. Like you would like to say more and, and like, is it a case of if you had said something like, I would like to tell you about insert. I don't know. Right. Like who else, or you want to talk about how awesome this person is, or you just want to communicate there's X number of people. Like, I don't, it depends on, I guess, what you want to share. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's actually a really good point because there's so many reasons to potentially be talking to each other about um, our structures and the relationships we're in. So one is to make sure we're on the same page for the kinds of the ways we're spending time together, the ways we show up in each other's lives, like there can be that part of the mm-hmm. conversation. There's the kind of what I would think of as the compersiony moment where you're like excited and want to share it and hope the other person will be excited with you. And it's an opportunity for them to know other parts of your life that bring you joy. Yeah. Um, and then there's the stuff that's, um, oh, I might've just lost my thought. I feel like there's there's a piece here that's even more around like the negotiation part that feels more intense than than the first piece. Oh, I remember now. It was safety. Yes. Right? Because we we need to be talking about, you know, well, if if there is a sexual component in these relationships, what else are you doing? Also, yeah. what kind of activities, you know, there's other activities that can be risky for our health or in other ways, and so just making sure we have at least enough information to keep ourselves healthy and support each other being healthy. Um, and yeah, so it's been really weird because I really appreciate those conversations and being really clear. And so even around, and this is a person I have a sexual relationship with. So even with that, I'm like, so I'll let you know if my situation changes And I, you know, will you, you do the same? And they say, yes, but it's like, since we never ever have additional conversations about it, anytime I open the door, it just, I'm like, so does this really mean like you're not, there's nothing else going on? (laughs) Yeah. Well, right. It might, I mean, again, yeah, that's the part where the trust stuff and, you know, one of the principles is trust is better. Right. So, I mean, and it's, and trust is hard, especially when someone is, opting for the the not communication part so you know asking the direct questions of like are you exchanging fluids with anybody else right (laughs) like you know like there's that like for the safety and sort of again it's like what are your relationship values in the sense of like do you need people in your like do you need everyone in your life or the people that you have certain types of connections with do you need them to be the also the people who know about your close close ties with others so you know yeah. like, like on a friendship level it's 
it's not like some of my friends, I talk to them about other friendships and other friends. I don't talk about other friendships as much, right? Like it's just a different, it's just a different scenario. And so this is sort of bringing to light how it feels different or it can feel different when it's either a sexual romantic partner that you're, you know, having different sets of values or different sets of, of wants or needs to have more communication. And I, you know, definitely safety is a, is a thing for sure. Yeah. Um, that is important to communicate. And some people just might have different boundaries and that's, that's hard to navigate. Well, and I also think one of the tricky things is being in these, you know, cis heteronormative uh, relationship escalator uh, cultures, it's mm-hmm. when there's no communication, in my experience, most people are on an escalator, right? Most people yeah. are thinking that way. And so there's, even though upfront, there were conversations about, you know, what we're looking for in life and all those things. So very early on, we talked about being on the same page. But over time, it just, I don't, I mean, I guess this maybe is part of trust, I suppose, but I'm just like, are you sure? Like, really? (laughs) You know, like the the default pull back. And maybe that's because, you know, having had experiences with people who said they were non-monogamous and then all of a sudden they are trying to, you know, finagle monogamy or whatever like that. So some of some of the communication stuff can feel extra sensitive depending on what our past histories are of just yeah. wanting to make sure we're on the same page. Are we still doing the same thing? And, and it's it's interesting to feel like I don't I don't even know how to like ask some of the right questions because it is such an, a different dynamic, like the, the things we do talk about and how, how what a parts of my life I do share with this person because it is different than other relationships. So yeah, it's, it's really, so my big thing on this is trying to figure out where do I feel like and we're not at all suggesting there's like a gold standard of how you do relationship anarchy, but it is a core piece of doing this well, in addition to being talking to myself about my yeah. values and things. It does feel really weird not to be having a more like, even just slightly more in-depth conversation, um, yeah. both both from a growth standpoint and also just from a clarification standpoint. Yeah, and I... I mean, I, I have been navigating uh, a similar situation with, with a couple people I've been dating where one is very, has more of the compersion component and says like, I do want to know, and how is your other, you know, like this other person in your life and how are things going? And, and it's, you know, it's really nice. And so I, we can share that conversation. And one of the other people knows that I, I, you know, see this other person from time to time and in the beginning asked a lot of questions and wanted to know and then stopped and, but, but also then explicitly stated they didn't want to know anymore. Like they had Mm -hmm. all the information they wanted. So definitely more of a conversation than it sounds like you're having, um, with, with someone in your life. And it was like, I was sort of hoping that I would have you know, have it like, I was hoping to have a little bit more compersion with this, with this other person. And then I just realized it's okay. They asked a bunch of questions. They wanted to understand relationship dynamics more. And there was a safety conversation and there was some other, you know, some other things just as a, you know, just as I was introducing relationship anarchy and, 
and talking about that and brought in, you know, other relationships like our relationship and then compared, you know, our relationship to relationship that this other person had too, to be like, so there's these, you know, like there's these kinds of examples and other things. And, and yeah, in the beginning, there was a lot of conversation and then it just kind of, it just kind of petered out, but yeah, I felt okay because I felt that I was clear. I felt they did ask some questions up front and then they stopped asking. And when I would check in sometimes they'd be like, no, I had all my, you know, like I know all that I need to know. And I'm like, okay. I mean, like that's like a piece of it that makes it hard. And there was honesty and there was some conversation and I just, I guess I just sort of let go and trust and every once in a while, yeah, we'll, we'll bring things up. Although my situation is different because now I'm pretty isolated again. So it's, it's less about immediate contacts as opposed to emotional connections. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting because when I hear you talk about that, there's so clearly as you're describing this sort of rich moment of talking to each other about how relationships show up in your lives and just that really clear, um, it feels like a values conversation in some ways, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're talking about what relationships you value and how those function and then clarifying. And I mean, getting those questions asked back, I actually, as you were saying that, I'm like, oh, that's it. I want questions asked. I want to like, because that's such a good sign of someone's engaging and they actually understand what's going on. And I think this is the the interesting thing about dating people who are either not um, relationship anarchists or not even non-monogamous normally. Yeah. And I think that's what makes this kind of wild and a little, I don't want to say less satisfying, but it, it leaves me feeling off kilter kind of all the time. Of like, do you really know what's going on? Or, um, yeah. Uh, and I think one of the things that you said that I thought was interesting is being in the position, and, and I don't mean this in a pejorative way about any of the folks we've been tied to, but in being in the position to educate people yeah. about what is this and how does it function? Because so often we are more likely to be encountering people who maybe have heard of non-monogamy, but don't necessarily get what relationship anarchy is. I mean, even recently I was talking to someone about, it's it's an old tie that's freshening itself up again and we're sort of figuring out how to negotiate that. And I didn't explicitly identify as a relationship anarchist when I was with them before. And it's been really funny because they're very focused on not the non-monogamy conversation and they'll bring that up and I'm like, I just want to say again, like for me with relationship anarchy, it's not like the sexual part is not the priority. Like my time negotiation is far more about my like queer platonic life partners and, you know, the folks that are really that are platonic and but deeply important to me emotionally and protecting that time. And so it's interesting what people will focus on who are who are kind of new, new to these dynamics. Yeah, and I'm glad you pointed out like some of the difference, you know, like a difference between polyamory and relationship anarchy in the sense of, right, like where do you spend your time? And so just because you're spending a lot of time with a person or really deeply connecting with somebody, that doesn't necessarily mean there's like that sexual um, and or romantic component that it just might be, this is a person that, you know, yeah, does take up a lot of my resources and they are 
no more or less important than somebody that I have a strong sexual or romantic tie to. I think yep. that's one of the bigger, where as poly, a lot of the, the poly structures really focus on who people are having sexual relationships and possibly romantic as well. So that's, I mean, that's a nice difference just to even highlight there yeah. when people are like, well, what is the difference? Isn't just, you know, relationship anarchy, just a different, a fancy term for polyamory and, you it's know, like, nope. they overlap for sure, but yes, definitely not the same thing. Yeah. So I guess I'm curious, do you, I mean, cause it, obviously it sounds like in that case, in your example, you've had a better conversation than I feel like I've had. Okay. Do you feel any questioning around like, or do you feel the same kind, any kind of way, I guess I'll say, <laughs> do you feel any kind of way about your practice of relationship anarchy in relation to that relationship? Hmm. I don't know if I exactly understand the question, but I'm going to just say a few things, which is I still feel strongly rooted in the connections that I have and currently in my situation geography is allowing for intense emotional connection and less um sexual i mean yes cyber sexing is a thing so i don't want to you know say that it's it's impossible mm -hmm. um, and it does limit uh especially when it comes to well safety at least you know there's that that you know can't you know can't transmit anything over the interwebs so there's that part uh and yeah it's just the ways that the communication is going and the ways that i feel i mean sometimes when i end up spending a lot of time with one person so this might be part of it i will be like oh god am i still a relationship anarchist if i'm like uh, you know like spending all this time with one person and, right. and ultimately it's funny because depending on again like who you ask in the world of relationship anarchy some people would say no and other people say no you can be i mean it's sort of funny to say it this way but like an ethical monogamist and still practice relationship anarchy um when you have you know monogamy meaning one sexual partner right when you have all these other deep emotional ties to somebody you know to to, to other people or one other person or whatever your ability and levels of introversion and extroversion and all those things can allow you to have in terms of like really strong bonds. So, And I think that's what's so, what also feels like a dividing line between polyamory and relationship anarchy. I mean, and maybe I'm just restating what you've already said, but I just, it's like, it's not about sex is part of, I think what I want to say. It's not, not about sex, yeah. but it, doesn't have to be about sex at all, right? And so, mm -hmm. like the way you just described talking about the deep bonds, deep emotional bonds, and the ways we negotiate our time and energy and all that. And it's, I, I guess, I, th I think the huge difference is in polyamorous, polyamorous conversations. Folks are w typically way more talking about the relation, the relationships where there's a romantic and sexual component and may completely omit talking about other significant players in people's lives, um, other than children, probably. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and I think for me, it 
it's not about how much time I'm spending with this person, although I do check in with myself because they've started taking up uh, uh, more, they've taken more of my time pie. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and so checking in with myself around, you know, doing doing all the good work that the principles give us to check in with ourselves, continuously return to our values and goals and what does a full loving life look like? Um, and I, but I do, man, I feel like if I'm not having thoughtful conversations about the dynamic and the relationships and like the intention around relationships, it doesn't, I feel out of alignment is I guess what I want to say. And it, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know. And I've been sort of struggling with this the entire time with this human because it's like, well, if they keep saying they don't have questions or it's fine, then I guess it's fine for them. Yeah. And so maybe it's also just that I'm not as satisfied if I'm not in clear communication about certain things. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I still can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't like that. It makes me question, like, is that relationship? Um, am I embodying relationship anarchy as I intend to um, in that relationship? Or am I sort of doing a weird one off thing over there? And I almost feel like I'm doing a weird one off. Well, right. So that, I mean, I guess it's sort of the idea of you're practicing relationship anarchy. And if the other person isn't, yep. that's, does that make you less of a relationship anarchist? And I'm guess, I mean, I don't know, like I'm going to flip it. I, I have friends who, um, so they're a couple and one is monogamous in the couple and the other one's not yeah and so it's it, the parallel is there in that i spent a lot of time talking to the person who is you know is monogamous only has that one sexual partner where the other person has uh more than one sexual partner and um it's a man woman couple and so he's the monogamous one and he's just like, yeah, like I, you know, cause I'm not really interested in being sexual with anybody else. And my partner is, and it's okay. And it's, you know, and like, you know, like, you know, they, from what I understand from the conversations I've had with the one, the, the one side is they, you know, they talk, they do the safety talk mm -hmm. and some of the people that um, the wife is sexual with are known, like they're, they're, you know, common friends and things like that. So there is a component of the kitchen table polyamory in a way, but there's also other pieces where there isn't. And the the husband just doesn't, he's the way he says it. He's just like, I, I, you know, I trust my wife in the sense of, I know the relationships that she's engaging in and and that kind of idea. And also just little things like I know where she is at certain, like if she hasn't come home by a certain time, like I'm not afraid well, something bad happened. Right. So back yeah, to sort yeah. of safety things too. Um, and that's fine. Right. But like, so they do have some conversations, but it doesn't, I don't, I don't know if they have, you know, if she comes home and then talks about like her part, other partnerships at length, right. like, you know, like a good friend, or what, you know, like they might talk about what's going on with their good friend or if there's other boundaries set. And I just think that sort of self-management of what information do you need to know, what information do you need versus want to share, right? Because there's certain things that 
yeah we might want to share with some people but they don't want to share it i mean yeah they don't want to hear it right it might be that it it could be that you know we've been using the word compersion and i feel like maybe we should redefine that basically that's about experiencing joy when you hear about someone else's joy and we talk a fair amount about that in like in a way that it can show up in a very fun way in non-monogamy that you know if if it feels right and someone Mm -hmm. is telling you about their experiences with other people it can just be pure delight right like someone who's got new relationship energy outside of my tie to them and they bring that new relationship energy into our space it can feel contagious um But in other spaces that can spark jealousy or insecurity. And then that's an opportunity to really think about, okay, well, what do I need? And actually that just happened recently with this new tie I'm forming. Um, And I was like, I had my moment and I said, I'm sorry, I really need to process this more and I'll come back with suggestions. And I came back with asking for, you know, more specific intentional time and that that would make me feel more secure, right? Like I recognized what is the thing I'm reacting to? Oh, so you were feeling um, jealous and then you, you just, you told that person you were feeling jealous and then just said, but I don't know what I want from that I'm kind of thing. Oh, I mean, and then the next day I knew, right? So it was yeah. like the next day I had a suggestion. Yeah, no, no, no. And I didn't even just say I was jealous. I'm like, that makes my stomach hurt. You know, like I, it's yeah. not even just, it's like physiological, physical reaction. So, you know, that's not to say any of this stuff isn't present. Any of the things people in monogamous relationships have felt um, certainly can show up in relationship anarchy. And so figuring out what that means and what it looks like. And I think, so again, going back to the first tie and whether I feel like I'm practicing relationship anarchy, it's again that there is no conversation. And I'm Mm -hmm. not even sure the person understands my values and what I'm doing. And so I think that's where it becomes maybe even, and I'm sort of uncovering this as we're talking about it. I think it's... (laughs) Perhaps more about do you feel seen and appreciated or valued as a person who practices relationship anarchy mm-hmm. with with the example you gave in that couple. The husband appreciates his wife's needs. He appreciates yeah. who she is in the world and it and it uh, it doesn't even, it almost doesn't matter to me the depth of those conversations around the other partners, but it's it's that he's able to sit there and say, yeah, I know this is going on and I fully support her and this is who she is and this is who I like that sort of independence and interdependence yeah. while also valuing someone's own needs and and not making that, you know, not over personalizing and being like, oh, this is about me when this person does a thing over there. It's like, no, it's not. It's about the thing over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the part where I think you're you're sort of how to navigate jealousy is really powerful in that it's not so much i'm feeling jealous therefore you person in my life you need to stop doing something it's instead it's well but that's a lot that's a a very common reaction right like i feel jealous therefore you can't hang out with that other person anymore or you know like you try to make those demands that sort of you know the the entitlement piece of um that relationship anarchy speaks out against and instead it's reframing the conversation of like i'm feeling jealous and what will make me feel less jealous is more whatever words of affirmation or us spending some more time together or us having a special thing right or physical touch or a special thing that we have that you don't share with other people so we have like a unique piece of of relationship or a unique way that we share that you don't share with that you don't do with other people yeah like i have 
we I've had conversations with people about like, oh, there's an exclusive, I mean, and for safety reasons, this should also be true sometimes, depending on what you're using, but like this yeah. particular kind of toy or activity is like, we agree that we're not gonna do that thing with anyone else. It's like, it's a thing yeah. we, we share together. Um, and so again, it's like creating those special rituals, activities, whatever it is, of course, that just as it amplifies any kind of monogamous relationship, that amplifies friendships, like friends who always get together to celebrate Thanksgiving or, uh, you know, U.S. holiday, terrible, but whatever. It's a it's yeah. a reason people come together <laughs> yes. or they barbecue together every summer or go camping every summer. Like these are rituals that we do together that help maintain bonds. And I think that in a in a relationship where we're not actually talking about what else is happening, that feels like a in some ways a missed opportunity, right? To like be authentic and to be clear. And even if someone doesn't wanna hear much, just having that rec recognition and being able to feel really comfortable checking in and knowing that the other person understands what you're doing when you're checking in. And I think that a lot of those are the things that I, I wish were different in this one context. It's very easy, right? Like yeah. I'm having feelings about it because I wanna be authentic and make sure everyone really does understand and feels okay. But, you know, yeah. it's well, pretty also, easy. Yeah. You want to feel seen, right? Yeah. Like, so you want to feel seen and understood. And then that's another, like, so there's two, there's two, re there's 8 million reasons, I'm sure, to have a conversation like this. But two of the reasons of the 8 million are, one is to make sure that the other person does understand, like, so you feel like you're being open and honest about what, how you navigate the world. Yes. And then the other piece of it is like, or another motivation might be because you want to feel seen. And so if, you know, other people out there are having similar dilemmas or, or whatever, like maybe it is trying to figure out, okay, why do I want this person to react more? So like, is it because yeah. I want to make sure they understand so they're not surprised or hurt by something I do when yep. I think I was clear, but you yeah. know, mess it, you know, message needs to be received, not just delivered, basic, you know, communication. And then the other piece is like, you say you don't have any questions, but when you, you know, you don't have questions for me, I don't feel seen or I don't feel like you appreciate or respect or, you know, like that kind of thing. And so I guess, yeah. So when I had my one, maybe two big conversations with, with someone in my life, I did feel seen and I did feel yeah. accepted, even though this person did acknowledge that sometimes it was hard. That was back to the jealousy piece. And then we had those conversations, but that allowed me to feel seen that felt okay. Yeah, I do. I mean, I think this, I, this is really helpful that we're having this conversation. I, you know, so there can be a lot of, I think the takeaways are there can be a ton of variability and what communication looks like, but always i mean these are huge fundamental human needs to feel a sense of belonging and to feel that sense and, and a big piece of sense of belonging and community is feeling like you're understood in your values and like the people you're connected to actually do understand who you are and yeah so it really is about that back and forth conversation it's almost like a, it's almost like i, I need it like stated back to me like tell me what you understand about what i'm doing even if you don't want to know all the details but like can you just you know spontaneously affirm that you know who i am <laughs> yeah 
and maybe that is like the next time you see that person and it's like good it's a good moment for conversation it's like you know hey we've talked about this i've asked you if you have any questions you say no i would it would make me feel better if i yeah like you know heard, like heard, heard, yeah heard what you understand of me and yeah. what you think is going on and yeah, yeah. it's it's a wild thing. I mean, and I think one of the gifts of relationship anarchy, if both people are practicing it, is there's so much growth that can happen by really, yeah. you know, being connected and, and talking in depth about our values. And especially since we are disrupting norms by living this way, we are disrupting things we've been socialized into. And so there's a kind of like reinforcement of continuing those practices. There's validation there. Um, like reminders of why we do what we do and how we approach our ties. And so I think that part is such a gift in relationship anarchy. And so when you're practicing relationships with people who aren't relationship anarchists or even necessarily super conscious ethical non-monogamous, it's, mm -hmm. it, there is a kind of loss there. And so I think everyone has to figure out for themselves where you get that support and that sense of connectivity and reinforcement that it's okay to live your life the way you are and that yes you're seen and valued and your approaches to relationships and the kinds of life you want to lead like it, it's seen so just everyone deserves to have that in as many ties as possible um yeah, yeah. Well, i hope that i see you in the way that you want to be seen so Aww, you thanks, have one buddy. <laughs> yeah thanks buddy i have many it's it's true yeah, yeah no Good. it's true Good. I hope you feel seen too. I do. Thank you. Awesome. Well, that's our conversation about the like the tricky business of communication and the ways it can sort of fall down on us in some ties. And we just got to kind of keep reevaluating and figuring out what, what comes next. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to Before You Swipe. If you want to send us your thoughts on sexual, romantic, and or platonic relationships, please email us at beforeyouswipe at gmail.com. That's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, swipe at gmail. Or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Before You Swipe. Thanks to Hamid Khalid 786 on Pixabay for our fabulous funky beats.